frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. You're both out of your senses. This isn't worth a life. Anybody's life. What are you fighting for? This shack? This little piece of ground? And nothing but work, work, work. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of trouble. Joe, let's move. Let's go on, please. <laughs> I'm going to do it in a minute, but you do. <laughs> it sounded a bit like um, divine. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I started to think yeah. that as we were going. I was like, this is sounded a little John Waters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Howdy, partner, and welcome to Film Church Radio. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Lewis. I'm Brandon. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. Today, I picked the film Shane from 1953, directed by George Stevens, starring Alan Ladd, Gene Arthur, and Van Heflin. Um... This film is highly thought of. It's, it ranks on the AFI's list of greatest movies of all time at number 45. It's ranked the third in the AFI's best Western genre category and included in Roger Ebert's greatest movies list. Um, I'd watched this a few years ago um, and I'm not giving it a rating that coincides with these accolades. So I've been wanting to revisit for a while and I recently finished The Five Came Back, the book about the director's from Hollywood that went off to document the Second World War, and George Stevens was one of those people. So it seemed like a perfect time to pull it out, put it on, and talk about it with me old buddy Brandon. Um, If you want to know what we're going to be watching next week, listen to the end of the episode, and Brandon will be revealing it. Can't wait. Um, Before we jump into the actual film itself and the other films we'll be watching this week, we'd like to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and sending their love for the show. If you're new here, um, welcome, wherever you've been. We've got all our episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms, so go and check them all out. We talk everything from Metropolis to The Apartment to Seven Samurai to Eternal Daughter. We've got them all streaming back there, so you can go and check them out. Um, Leave us a rating and review as well. Let other like-minded people wanting the church enlightenment find us that's what it's all about and we are everywhere on social media at film church radio where you can leave us a comment and send a message about the show and um, there's some extra stuff on youtube as well and our tiktok is growing so go and check that out and leave us some comments we'd like to talk to everyone about the films we've been watching um before we discuss the film however we'd like to sing the praises of other films we've been watching in our hymn section but as Brennan and I both have seem to be pretty busy this week, we haven't got too many movies to talk about. Normally we have um, quite a few. So what I thought I'm going to do, Brandon, is ask you a film-related question first. Um, okay. Because recently, this past week, um, I believe it was Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, was um, National Classic Movie Day. Um, there's a lot of people tweeting about classic movies, um, what films people should see. And the thing that I saw a lot of is if you could pick four classic movies to show someone that wasn't really into classic cinema, which four would they be? 
And I think this is a great question for us all at Film Church Radio because this is what it's all about, showing people films. So, Brandon, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what four films would you show someone that isn't really into classic cinema? Uh, this one took me a second because I had to think about it. Because you said anything pre like nineteen New Hollywood sixty, yes ish, I would say. Yeah, and there's lots of great movies, but like, you know, even even I, a film church worshiper, preacher, preacher, yeah, um, (laughs) and like it's it like I wouldn't say that those are necessarily my go tos. Yeah, you know, because I'm also a filmmaker, so I'm like trying to watch like new, new stuff and see what people are like, what's trendy, I guess, you know. Yeah. But like, I should know better because it's like as a filmmaker, you've all, you've got to watch the classics. Yeah. You've got to like, no one did it better, you know. Yeah. There's there's no one's no one's improving on cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just repeating it. Um. But so I started looking, looking through, and um, one that came up that was like, "Oh, duh!" is Casablanca mm-hmm. from nineteen forty-two. Yeah, which I only saw for the first time like maybe like four years ago. Yeah, uh, and I went and saw it at Alamo Draft House for the first time. So that was awesome. Like yeah. going to see Casablanca for the first time in a cinema was really great. And Thank it's, you. I mean, it. It lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that like everyone's like, oh, Casablanca, Casablanca. And until you see it, you know, you don't realize, you know, how good it is. Mm. People, There's a reason people talk about it. There's a reason it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really feel every moment of it. Yeah. So, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I should rewatch it yeah. very soon. Um, another one is The Red Shoes. <gasps> have you ever seen it? I have, and I wasn't as hot on it as Scorsese is. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know Scorsese was a big fan. Uh, 1948. It's it, I. It, it's a classic movie. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a musical, I guess, sort mm. of. It's a, kind of a ballet. It's not really a musical. Is it? It's not like there's, singing. Yeah, there's, there's dancing. I, I, it's it's one of those where the music is part of the performance on screen, but it transcends stage yeah. performance. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like the first introduction, like the first thirty minutes to an hour, feels like a typical story. Like it just feels like a typical fairy tale, or not even fairy tale, but just like a classic movie. Yeah. Um, but done well. Characters are interesting. You know, story written well. Um, but then you know the second part of the movie, it like you said, it transcends and goes into very interesting places that I like. Mm. Um, it's very psychological. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, yeah. The Red Shoes, 1948. Nice. Great movie. Um, and then two Hitchcock films that are my two favorites are Strangers on a Train and Rope. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hitch the is the master. Yeah. Yeah, man. Strangers on the train. Strangers on the train. Strangers on a train um, was in mine as well. Um, oh, nice. You know, I love Vertigo, but I'm like, as a film that is more of a crowd pleasing, you know, anybody can kind of, you know, enjoy this. Strangers on a train is definitely up there for me. Yeah. So I agree with you. I would, yeah. I, Strangers on a Train might be the, if I had to pick one, the one film I would pick for someone to watch to get into classic cinema. That's awesome. And it doesn't really have like now what we would, you know, bankable stars. I mean, at the time they were, but you wouldn't, yeah. your regular movie go wouldn't know it's Farley Granger and Robert Walker, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the film is just so good. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I think anybody who is starting to look, can't go much wrong with the films you picked. Good choice. Thank you. Perfect. What else have you been watching this week? Uh, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ooh-hoo. It was good. Yeah. And I watched Volcano 1997 and sucked. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, I mean, everybody's been giving it praises there's some haters out there but like i thought it was really good um and even the people who really liked it their one problem with it was that the action wasn't as good but i Mm. thought the action was like a step up for me personally i was like this is awesome yeah so i don't really know where those people are coming from but um yeah james gunn signing off yeah. Off to uh, DC now. Madness. Bye. But he <laughs> might come back for stuff. Yeah. Which would be cool. Yeah. I imagine he'll, he'll come back. Maybe this, this is just Kevin Feige's plan mm-hmm. to get DC, to get versus, DC. versus Marvel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could be. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, that is the only thing they have left, really. Yeah. In terms of like, like beating it into the ground yeah. to, and doing something that will bring people back after it's beaten into the ground completely, which is yeah. getting close. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Volcano was terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, and not even like the good kind of terrible. It's a disaster movie. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously those are kind of hit and miss. And, but you know, I love a good disaster movie. Yeah. But it's just not. It's just not yeah. good. It's just not good. Tommy Lee Jones is um, weird. Yeah. In the movie, I I don't know the yeah. whole just the whole the right. I mean, it's just it's it's a cheap. Yeah. Disaster movie. I mean, it probably had a pretty big budget. I guess I don't know, but mm-hmm. like there is this really weird thing at the end where they like. There's like this racism subplot and at the end they they like okay, spoilers to anybody who wants to watch Volcano. <laughs> <laughs> uh the end of the movie they like n- knock a building down to make the lava from the vo- volcano go down a path into the ocean, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the building creates all this dust in the air 
And so everybody's face is covered in dust. And this little kid is like, look, they all look the same. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Volcanoes fixing racism. Yeah. <laughs> I really, like, I've got a soft spot for these 90s, like, disaster movies. Like, um, yeah. is it uh, Dante's Peak? I really like with Pierce mm. Brosnan. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a favorite and Twister, obviously. Oh, Twister is good. Yeah, I will say Twister is good. Philip Seymour um, Hoffman is the best part of that film. I forgot he's in that. I, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen it. He's the best part of any film. So yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. but yeah, these yeah nineties was hot for like the world's I, what was going on. In, I mean, Y two K probably getting ready for the millennium. The world was going to implode. So. Yeah, but they keep they always they they've been around. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I guess I guess maybe they were big blockbusters back then. But I mean, there was like the day after tomorrow in the two thousands. Yeah, and then the rock started to kind of try and bring it back a little bit. We had San Andreas and skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, There was also twenty twelve. There was twenty twelve. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite cutscenes of all time. Um, It's in like some kind of asian market and there's a chicken that's about to be beheaded and somebody says something the chicken like sits up and looks at the camera <laughs> and goes like what and it, then it just cuts <laughs> and that's it and i was like what is that and i think about it all the time <laughs> oh yeah that's great <sighs> yeah that movie uh that movie had i feel like it had a lot of hype it was like yeah, but it, like I started working at a movie theater in 2008, and we, one of the things we had to wear on our uniforms was a little 2012 button. Nice. And it still took like two more years for the movie to come out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I still had that button. I know, could be worth millions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. That's all I got. So what have you been watching and what classic cinema movies would you recommend? Yeah. Um, so the the four that I picked were Strangers on a Train. That was, like I said before, about the Hitchcock film that I let in there. Double Indemnity was my, that's my number one. I think Double Indemnity is so good that it's just, it should appeal to everybody. Um, yeah. And then I picked It's a Wonderful Life. Of course. Of course. My favorite, one of my favorite films of all time. It's an amazing movie. And then um, a bit of a surprise one, but Fritz Lang's um, Manhunt, which we talked about a little bit last week, but it's kind of just like James Bond against Hitler. Okay. Is the best way to describe it. But it's so fun. It's just like, it's silly and camp and like, but like still the tension that he's known for. Um, And not many people have seen it, so... I'm flying the banner for Manhunt. But they were my four. Heck yeah. Um, so, and now we're going to go from one extreme to the other. Classic cinema to non-classic, non-essential cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever seen the British TV show The Inbetweeners? I don't even know what it is. Okay, so The Inbetweeners is, have you ever seen Skins? 
I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> so Skins was, a, I, this is going to be very convoluted. Skins was a very popular British teen drama. Very much like Euphoria, but in England. Okay. In between us is what I think of as the comedy version of that teen drama. So it's four, gotcha. four guys at like finishing up like the last years of high school. Um, it's incredibly rude. It's incredibly like non PC. They're just not cool people. Yeah, it's like a like English version of like uh, American Pie or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, the TV show, three seasons, very, very popular. So they followed up with a movie. Um, and these are, and then a sequel. So the In Between is movie and the In Between is two. And I watched both of them. Um, In Between is movie, they go to I uh, somewhere <laughs> on a holiday. Um, and it's kind of like a good end. It's like a lad's holiday, you know. So there's like lots of stuff that they can make jokes out of. It's a good way to end the series. And they come <laughs> back and they do it too. Um, and yeah, the second one isn't as good. They go to Australia and it's, you know, as you would imagine, um, there's a really funny um, set piece where one of the characters poos on a water slide, <laughs> um, which is pretty much the the kind of comedy you're getting. And I'm selling it short. Some of the TV show is like, like, like really funny, um, but the second movie especially doesn't quite do that. So did you grow up like watching the TV show and then you decided to watch these movies that you hadn't seen before? I've or seen them a few times. Yeah, okay. these are rewatches. Okay. The TV show was on, I mean, it's probably like 15 years the first season came on, like a while ago, maybe 10 okay. years. Yeah, yeah. Probably 10. Um, so I was like at university. So I was kind of just, yeah. you know, it was like, just, yeah, perfect time. Yeah. yeah. And then the movies came out and I was, you know, we saw them at the cinema, watched them a few times. Um, so they were rewatches, but don't hold up for you. Yeah, I mean, the first one's fine. Yeah. You know, it's more just nostalgia now. It's kind of like, and the second one is not great. But You know, a better title would have, would have been Lad's Holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the in-between is a little bit like, I don't know, doesn't quite fit. Um, but yeah, so I watched both of those. And then... Yeah. Um, because we watched Shane, obviously, which we'll get to, I watched another George Stevens film, Woman of the Year, starring Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, the first pairing of them um, together, which means a lot in like classic Hollywood because they were um, together for quite a lot of the time. Even though Spencer Tracy was married, it was kind of like an open secret that they were mm. together. And this was their first pairing on screen. And I mean, the chemistry is undeniable. It's ridiculous, like how much chemistry they have together um, yeah. in this movie. Um, very similar to Volcano, there's a few um, elements that now are pretty racist that yeah. are like, um, she. So the premise is she's, um, they both work for newspapers. She's like a very knowledgeable, bright reporter that kind of can speak many languages and like encyclopedic knowledge of current events and he's like a sports writer um and they fall in love and 
will it work out because she's more of a man than he is? Who knows? Um, but he goes at one point. He goes to her her apartment for a party, and there's like lots of different people there from different um, countries that don't really speak English. Um, and he does a unfortunate impress um, impersonation of a Chinese person, and then says some horrible things to a man in a turban. Um, once you get past that, however, it is a pretty good film. It's just yeah. hard to get past that. Yeah. Because it happens kind of within five to ten minutes of each other. So just as you're like, okay, maybe we're past it, the Chinese impression comes out and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but different times. That's why you've got to tell yeah. yourself it's a different time. Sam. Yeah. And I feel like that only changed within the last, like, less than ten years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, and I ah. so. and it's just, yeah, it's just unfortunate there were so many jokes that they could go down, you know. Um, yeah, but it did, especially with the, um, with the guy in the turban, it came across really like mean mm. and aggressive, and I was like, oh, yeah, don't like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like. The thing with that kind of stuff is it it makes it it makes it I mean all kinds of people watch movies right yeah. and it yeah. makes it seem like it's okay like if a kid watches that they're gonna think it's okay to like treat people that way yeah exactly you know yeah because it's yeah. coming from the star of the movie like, yeah you know the person you're supposed to identify with and want to be like or you know yeah. or or relate to you know or whatever you know yeah um exactly but i think you know that's the one thing about cinema is that it's not like we can watch it now through a different set of eyes and it kind yeah. of you know and you can focus on different things so it's uh it, it wasn't a make or break i gave it three and a half stars it did bring it down you know in my yeah. estimation in terms of you know, will I watch this again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just pure enjoyment. Um, but the, I mean, you know, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn are incredible together. So yeah, that was really fun to watch. And there's nice. a really good like prolonged scene in a kitchen at the end where she's trying to cook him breakfast, and it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. So that was it, and I gave that three and a half. Um, so that was um, all that I watched this week, apart from. Our feature presentation. Shane from 1953. The letterbox summary reads, The greatest story of the West ever filmed. Um, A weary gunfighter attempts to settle down with a homestead family, but a smoldering settler and rancher conflict forces him to act. Um... As I said before, I've seen this before. It was a quite a while ago, and my only remaining image was the boy um, shouting Shane at the end. Jack Palance shouting that was Shane. All you could remember from it. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, I, I don't. I feel like that was the thing that I remembered. Just him shouting Shane. Yeah. Shane, and I thought it came a lot earlier, so I was surprised mm. that you know it, was, it wasn't like there. the end. Yeah, until the end. Um, but you had not seen this before, right? Right. So what did you think? <laughs> how how did you 
find it on your first watch? Uh, you know, I feel like I've heard about this movie a lot. Like, not in detail as in, like, getting ideas of what it's about. <clears throat> or, you know, the vibes of it or anything. But I I just feel like I've heard it mentioned by several people as, as like, oh, that's a great movie. or Yeah. You know, whatever. And then I watch it and I'm like, that's it? Like, yeah. that was Shane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched it twice, and I I tried really hard to like this movie. Yeah, I'll say I like a good western. Yeah, you know, we watched, you know, the Sergio Leone series last mm. year. I love all of those movies. Yeah, you know, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Fistful of Dollars. Um. But they're very highly stylized. Yeah. You know, and this, I feel like, is a proper Western. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I don't know, man. Like, Shane, Shane's not that cool. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, supposed to be cool. He's not that cool. And little Joey, the whole movie is just like, Shane, Shane. Gee golly, Shane. Hey, yeah. Shane, Mr. Shane. Yeah. Shane, Shane. <laughs> like, shut yeah. up, Joey. We get it. We know his name. <laughs> it's Shane. It's the name of the movie. We got it. <laughs> he literally, They literally say Shane 90 times in the movie. I Googled it. Did you really? 90. Yeah. Yes. They say it 90 times. Wow. Um, yeah, just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know who is cool? Uh, I should have looked up his name. How uncool of me. <laughs> um, I mean, I know you got the names and the characters' names here, but, uh, Jack Palance. Yes. He's cool. Yes. That's a cool cowboy right there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll follow that dude around. Let's watch his movie. Yeah. Because, like, and he's so much more stylish, too. Like, I don't like Shane's costume. It's too clean. It's all tan. Yeah. Like, he's got an ugly belt. Yeah. I don't like your cowboy hat. <laughs> does he even have a cowboy hat? I guess he does at one point. Yeah. yeah like, no. he's too pretty. Like, yeah. ca- like, rough gunslinging cowboys is supposed to be dirty. Yeah. You know, yeah. missing some teeth. Yeah. Like, who is this blonde hair, blue eyed, yeah. you know, <laughs> tan costume cowboy that's, you know, clean as a whistle? Like, he looks better, like, when he goes and he buys some regular clothes at he the, do- yeah. at the yeah. general store. He does and say, then, though, when he buys those clothes, he's like, oh, these are the first like clothes I've bought in a while. So I assume that he just Then why is his those? other clothes so clean? <laughs> 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 if that's all he's wearing, it should yeah. be a little roughed up and cut up. Yeah. Like, he's out there camping on his own. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, find somebody else to look up to, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> Oh, poor little Joey. <laughs> um, 
triggering some listeners out there right now because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> if you if you're just like randomly listening to our podcast because you're like, ooh, they talk about Shane. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, I might I might pull you back from the brink though, listeners. You don't know what I think yet. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about this movie? I feel different. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I'm really glad that you brought up Leone because there was a lot of similarities that I saw in it this time with Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I know that when we watch that, and you can go back and listen to that show if you're new, um, we talked about how it was at a time where the West was starting to become outdated, where everything was, you know, the railroad was coming in, so everything was being like industrialized and like building and building and building. And I think this is what, the story this is trying to tell is that Shane yeah. is so outdated now. Like this whole like situation that they're in is kind of like the last situation that these farmers will see themselves where it's like lawless. You know, when they're burying um, Stonewall and they're like, we're going to have a school over there and this over here, that like the town is going to grow from this point. Yeah. And Shane is just, he's not part of it anymore. He's not part of the West that he was a part of is dead. Yeah. And he kind of just, that's why he rides off at the end. Um, and the other thing that I, you know, obviously reading the book about George Stevens going off to war and coming back, there was a lot in there about like, that I could see from that book in mm -hmm. terms of like the gunplay was like downplayed. It wasn't, you know, just shooting off into the distance while riding horses. You know, it was very thought out and kind of like, Guns kill people. Yeah, yeah. Which I like that. A lot. That part of it was surprising to me because I feel. I mean, the film does try to paint like the the Yankees as bad and the Confederates as good. Yeah, it does in not a great way. Yeah, um, and. So the the part about like guns being, you know, dangerous yeah. and killing people and you know, not everybody just wears one around everywhere was is surprising. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, especially, I mean, Elijah Cook Jr., who we both have loved. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he seems I mean, to he pop up in... a lot. In the films we watch. Yeah, he was in uh, the Kubrick movie, yeah. The Killing. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, what else was he in? Was he in something else? Yeah, I mean, he's been in a lot. So he's been in The Killing. He was in Electric Guide in Blue, which I watched recently, um, yeah. a little bit older. He was in Maltese Falcon. He plays, mm, like, these mm. roles that he plays are always um, are just great. Every time he shows yeah. up, I'm like... I like this guy. He's um, like the Gary Oldman. He just like has these little bit yeah. parts and yeah, he, kills it. Yeah, he does. Um, when he is shot and he just kind of gets like pushed back into the mud, I was like, oh my God, like this, it feels real. It feels like you've actually seen someone die. He's not like yeah. falling on the ground, arching his back, rolling around, you know, three more shots to finish him off. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just like one and he's done. Yeah. Um, 
And he also flies back, which is the yeah. first time they they did that in any yeah. Western, where someone like is shot and they just get flown backwards. Yeah. So, which everyone started doing after that. Of course, yeah. You know, because after before that, you'd, you'd see like people get shot off horses and they'd be rolling around for a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, the um, but the realism here like, actually, I feel, works in its favor. Um, but I feel like I was like you the first time I watched it. I don't think that I was that into it, but it did improve this time. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see, like how if you grew up watching this movie, mm-hmm. you would love it. Yeah, you know, um, it's probably that thing where because, like, yeah, if you were younger and you saw Joey being like Shane, Shane, you'd be like, oh my god, yeah, Shane, right? Yeah. There's, there's obviously something there, and then you probably carry that hero worship as you grow up. Whereas for mm-hmm. us that are not, we're just like. Shut up, Joey. <laughs> yeah, you should be like, you should be going, Daddy, Daddy. Like, he's the guy that's like actually doing yeah. something about it. But he can't whip Shane, though. No. <laughs> he's on our side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what side is that exactly? Mm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, but like, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, like, I, I did recognize Jack Palance, like, because. Um, he's in City Slickers. Yeah, Billy Crystal. Like I, I was looking up stuff about Shane, and Billy Crystal was like talking about how Shane was like one of his favorite movies. Oh wow! So it makes sense that he would put Jack Palance in City Slickers. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's kind of what I recognized him from. Um. But yeah, yeah that, he like. I don't know whether it's because we just. Because Metropolis is so fresh in my mind because of last week, um, but his cowboy reminded me a lot of the Thin Man from Metropolis. Fritz mm. Rasp, who like follows um, the sun around the city, kind of thing. Yeah, just that whole like his face and the you know hidden by like the big hat and just not really saying much, but really sinister. Um, yeah, he kind of he does strike fear into you when you see him and you just know as soon as stonewall starts walking towards him that it ain't gonna end good yeah that he's gonna get him yeah and i mean i didn't totally hate this movie i mean i'm yeah. i'm ragging on it i mean there they had a lot of good stuff um there was a lot to love like the fight scenes are really great yeah like i like the bar fights you know shane kicks some ass later yeah. <laughs> Take some names. Um, I like you know, I like the tension of it. I don't know. It just I think I think the hype was just built up for me. Just like hearing so many people talk about it that like once I watched it I was like, That was that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was Shane. Yeah, I definitely feel where you're coming from, especially when we talked about Casablanca and how when you saw that you were like, Okay. Exactly. The hype is Yeah, there. it was like, Oh yeah, exactly. It was like, Yeah, yeah okay. This is why people love it. It's a great movie. But then watching this was like, why do people talk about this? Yeah. I was waiting. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that something would come and really distinguish it from every other. Everything, yeah. Yeah, every other Western that we've seen where it's like, you know, a lone gunman, gunslinger comes across a family, has to help them defend the town. You know, it's that is pretty much like the Leone Man Without a Name series. Yeah, it it's kind of just I I mean it did really well at the box office, which the yeah. studio didn't expect. 
tried to bury it um, as a B movie. Yeah, or and I think about to. you know uh, it, it probably was just right place, right time. It just hit. You know, people just wanted a, a good regular movie, and that's yeah. kind of what it is. It's kind of I don't think it's a masterpiece. It's kind of just mm. a good regular movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like. And and sometimes like that's what people want and what people need in their lives. They don't need like all the overly preachy, overly complicated, overly political, whatever. They yeah. just want like, oh, the you know, this family is struggling and they need help. Here's a guy who comes in and helps them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um But yeah, there were um There were several things that stood out to me in the movie. Well, one, one, it, it kind of gave me Seven Samurai vibes because it's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, these people out in the middle of nowhere farming and these bad people are trying to like take over their yeah. land. Yeah. And they know when they're coming and like this one guy is trying to protect them. <laughs> the dinner scene when they're like first feeding Shane and he like eats a whole meal. And then, what's her name, Marion? Yeah. Just, like, gives him a whole, like, quarter of the pie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good Lord. <laughs> That's so much pie. Um, but I guess he's a... <laughs> he's, he's a hungry cowboy. Cowpoke. Yeah. He needs that food. Yeah. He's fattening up. Um, and there was a couple of the lines in the movie that kind of made me chuckle because they're... Because, like, language has evolved. Yeah. You know, that, like, the way that, the you know, what people said back then has a different meaning when you say it now. And, like, it yeah. made me laugh when the guy's like, uh, we make out all right. We make out. Don't we, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, of course. Yeah. Um, and then... And then the same thing at the end when when uh, Shane is like talking to Joey and he's like, "Grow up to be strong and straight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he doesn't mean like sex. He no. just means like you know, yeah, straight shooting, the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Joey also, like little Joey, looks like a doll. In some yeah. shots, like mm-hmm. he he looks like a little porcelain doll. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah, it is, and I don't like it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like the casting of this movie. I feel like it would have been, um, well, mainly Shane and Little Joey. I guess everybody else yeah. I like. Yeah, because I feel like Shane should have been, and he could have been. It's not that their acting was bad. No, it's just I, they're. I don't know. The characters were just bizarre to me. Yeah. Shane just didn't seem like a real person. It was like the white savior mm. kind of thing. Just imaginary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe you could interpret the movie like that. Maybe it was an angel. Maybe Shane's an angel, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. An, um, sent by God, you know? Um, and then they all three love him immediately. Yeah, they're all three just infatuated with him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like literally, just like. Um, I do want to talk about Marion's infatuation with him. Okay, um, uh, let's talk about it. Yeah, there. I mean, there's so much sexual tension 
between the two yeah. characters. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then I'm like, yeah. okay, she's been stuck on this <laughs> she's farm like... for yeah. God knows how long with Stonewall. Married to the same man for 10 <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the local the locals aren't, you know, anything to look at. And then you uh-huh. get blonde-haired, blue-eyed Alan Ladd show up on a horse. Uh-huh. And of course she's titillated. She's like, okay, yeah. great. Um, there's that very weird scene where he kind of leaves the meeting and he's just standing outside Joey's window in the rain. Yeah. Um, and she like opens the window and Joey's like, Shane, she's like, okay, be quiet. Mummy's trying to have a moment with Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's the scene where they're like, she's like cleaning up his wounds or whatever at the yeah. table and then the dad, Mr. Joe leaves and then... um. Does is little Joey like, Mom, I need to talk to you? Yeah. And they go in the room and he's like, I just love Shane. He's so good. <laughs> it's just like And then Shane leaves and then she watches him out the window and then yeah. Mr. Joe comes back out. He's like, What's going on here? And she's like she's like, Hold me and don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> don't speak. <laughs> There's the scene where she, uh, where Shane's showing Joey how to shoot the guns, and she comes out and she's dressed. I mean, Joe Joe says that she's dressed in her wedding dress, but I think it's just like her best dress. Ah, yeah. and you know that's how I interpret it anyway. And I'm like, she is dressing up for Shane. Mm, she is like, yeah. I'm not going to do anything about it, but we are both attracted to each other. Yeah. It's, I yeah. thought that there would be. I mean, obviously Shane and Joe they have a showdown, but it's not over her. No, it's which like, you kind yeah. of expected it to go there maybe yeah. at some point, especially when they have that dance. You know. Yeah, because I think Joe's all for like when he's about to go off and you know go to the saloon and kind of have that talk. He's like, "I know you'll be well taken care of," and it's kind of like right? Shane's going to marry you. And you're going to be pretty happy about it, I'm pretty sure. There's like a very kind of gentleman's agreement going on there in terms of yeah. Shane's going to take my place, which is where I thought it was going. Yeah. Um, that he would die and then Shane would be like, well, guess this is my family now. <laughs> so what do, what do you think happens after Shane leaves? Because the last time you see Marion and Joe is when Joe's like all beat up and like trying yeah. to wake up from yeah. his knockout yeah uh <laughs> you think he's just like damn it i was tr- i wanted to die yeah <laughs> miserable we're both miserable i think that you know f- for the rest of their life she'll accidentally call him shane every now and again <laughs> and it'll just send him she'll, into a month she'll be like they have, what will they think of next oh look they have hair dye <laughs> and hair straightener yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she I buys him she's... like a Shane costume. Yeah, <laughs> one second. I'm talking to Brandon. I'm working right now. You should be in bed because it's bedtime. She's like, "Are you talking about Shane?" Yeah, Shout I love, love Shane. Shane. <laughs> He's outside my window right now in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> like, be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, so Marion's relationship with Shane is is very strange. Um I do feel for Joe. 
like his little boy idolizes somebody else, his wife's in love with him. He can't even like be a man and go and protect his land without Shane stepping in. If I was Joe, I'd be like, thank God he's gone. <laughs> he got that stump up. He's killed the bad guys. I'm good. That's what Moving I Moving on. Now yeah. I can be the mayor or the marshal or yeah. the, the um, you know, whatever he wants to be, the pastor of their church. Yeah. Or... yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Back to being the leader. That's right. Oh, man. Um, but you know who was supposed to play Shane? And it's... Uh, linked to another film that we've watched on the show. Who? Montgomery Clift, who was supposed to play um, the writer in Sunset Boulevard. Is he... What else is he in? He was in A Place in the Sun, which is my personal favorite of George Stevens' films. Okay. Um, he's been in a lot of other stuff. I think when you, like, if you had a... Like, you know who he is. kind of. Thing. Yeah, I mean, he looks familiar... Um, yeah, but yeah, I can't place him in a film in my head. Is he? Uh, do you think he would have been better? I think he would have been really good. Yeah, I think he would have played into the more outcast more than Alan Ladd does. Yeah, yeah, because I don't feel like like what is Shane's backstory? Yeah, like it doesn't. Like, I noticed he had his a wedding ring on. So did he, like, get his family killed because he's, like, a gun-toting cowboy and a gunslinger and he he got his family killed or something? Yeah. Like, um, like what is, what's going on there? I don't necess- I don't need to know. No. Yeah. But, like, I don't get the vibe that he's this, you know, rough, tough, yeah, cowboy, this... which I think you're supposed to get, but I don't. It's not necessarily a bad thing because, but I'm not, I'm not as excited by the ending as I feel like I should be. Like when he kills everyone, I'm not like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I'm not like, oh, thank God, I'm like, yeah. I think the right, only clues we get go back to being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only clues we get are that he's very on edge. Like he's always reaching for his gun when a noise goes off. So it's like his whole life has been kind of on the edge, potentially. Like he's always ready to go. Um, but yeah, he just kind of like yeah, just settles in with his family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who I mean, who is Shane apart from outdated? You know. Um, yeah, it's it's it, he's a weird character especially seen as you know the film is called shane it's said 90 times like i know what yeah. you mean you're expecting like like citizen kane <laughs> in terms of like the character you know bigger than yeah. the film and mm-hmm. like just a huge yeah exactly yeah person um because i was the the film that it makes me think a lot about is the searchers um which came mm-hmm. out three years after and john yeah. wayne plays this very outcast like outdated cowboy in that but i feel like that representation is just so much more complex than this yeah you know you get more of a backstory with him he's still got ties and to family and stuff um but he's not part of this new generation anymore yeah because like shane doesn't i mean yeah he helps the family but like he doesn't um 
grow himself. No, he just, I think he just realizes that he's not fitting in anywhere. Yeah. Like he's just going to go off somewhere quiet and die, I assume. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Shane 2, back from the dead to claim the wife. (laughs) Uh, I'm kidding about that. But like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, yeah, there's no development. There's no no character development at all. No. It's just like, and and the and I get what they were trying to do, where he's like trying to change. He's mm-hmm. trying to um. He's trying not to use his gun. He's trying not to show off it. He's trying not to fight. Yeah. Because yeah. that's like who he is or whatever. But then he ultimately has to to help the family. But like that that just that part of it was not. It just did not progress well mm-hmm. to me. I yeah. get I get it, but it's not but only because I'm like a writer, I feel like, or like because yeah. I'm paying yeah. attention to that. I don't know. I just didn't feel it. No the, con- the connection. But obviously it worked for a lot of people, so like who am I to yeah. judge? Yeah. I mean there was yeah, I do I mean I've really enjoyed it. Um and like the things that we spoke about, like the sexual tension between Shane and Marion and and the like him feeling outdated and not fitting in really i really liked yeah you know um yeah um so when he says are you speaking to me uh, oh yeah oh yeah when he says are you speaking to me uh, apparently that robert de niro took that for taxi driver yeah cuz it's pretty much verbatim he says are you speaking yeah. to me and then doesn't he follow up by saying there's no one else around? Yeah, I don't see no one else yeah, standing that's it. there. Yeah. 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 As soon as you hear those, like, three words, you're like, a taxi driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so obviously Robert Nero likes this yeah. movie. Yeah. Because he improvised that. And Love. taxi driver. Um. Gene Arthur came out of semi-retirement um, to work with George Stevens oh. again, and then this is her last performance, like credited performance. Really? Yeah. She doesn't even seem that old. But um, I think approaching fifties, maybe late forties. Oh wow! Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I said a few weeks ago, Gene Arthur, I've really grown to like recently. She, I feel like before the only. Um, exposure I had to her was in A Foreign Affair where she plays a very tightly wound American diplomat and I feel like my 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 thought of her as an actress is based on that performance um, ah. and recently I've watched a lot more where she's like been a lot better. I think I, I don't think this role is great but I don't think any females can really excel in westerns. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a, a genre that's kind of famous for giving women great roles, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. They're always just like, yeah, yeah. They're they're treated horribly. I mean, even in this, like, she's just the wife. You know, she's yeah. not. You know, she's the homemaker. She yeah. has no 
authority. No. At all. Yeah, she's ever seen anything. cooking at the general store or looking after Joey. Yeah. You know, it's just those three roles. Um, yeah. And her amazement at jam jars as well. <laughs> that was um, yeah. interesting. What will they think of next? Yeah, I was surprised <laughs> that I was also surprised the soda pop like that 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 was that that existed. But the west westerns are a weird genre. They are because we, the 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 western that's represented isn't really didn't ever really exist. You know. Yeah. Because uh, like, well. Uh, this is probably a little more accurate, mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's still a movie, yeah, and it's still the Western genre, like, because uh, this is supposed to be like a this. I guess this is supposed to be after the Civil War. I would assume, yeah, but like was... soda pop didn't come around until like the eight mid mid eighteen hundreds, yeah, which is also when the Civil War was. Or actually, soda. I think soda pop was like maybe late eighteen hundreds. But anyway, like, um. But yeah, it it's a lot of like the western because this doesn't have any Native Americans in it. No, I mean they're talked about a little bit, but not really. And like you know, a lot of westerns are like the Native Americans versus the cowboys, you know, cowboys and Indians. Yeah, and like. I'm like, did that was that ever really a thing? I mean, there was there was obviously, you know, a lot of like genocide of the Native Americans and you know, I'm sure a lot of like fights, but there was wasn't like the west like cowboys versus Indians. Like that was never. Yeah. A thing. I know. It it's always been one of those genres that in my head I I haven't been able to place it in a timeline. You know, I feel like it's kind of, it's like the Western and then other (laughs) in terms of like, I just can't, like, I can't tell what, where they are in terms of place. You know, I can't tell what time period they're in. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's supposed to be that. I think it's supposed to be like that, you know, because it's not, it's a fantasy. It's not, the West isn't real. Yeah. Um, and it's such an but, American genre until obviously Leo yeah. comes along and just kind of takes it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's such a like American output. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it, like, I mean, it took over cinema for it did ever. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, you know, in the same way that like superhero movies are now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that the older I get, the more I enjoy westerns. When I was younger, mm. I didn't really have any time for them, but um, yeah. now I'm really, you know, I'm enjoying them a lot more. It's more than just horses and gunplay. Yeah. Especially with certain ones, at least, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just got to sift through them. Yeah. I really want to go back and watch, um, like, the new True Grit, the one that the yeah. Coen Brothers did. That's what I was thinking about True Grit when I was talking about the female representation here, because I feel yeah. like... You come away thinking of the female character in True Grit, True uh-huh. Grit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, maybe we'll have to pick it in a future week. 
Yeah, just a few other things that stood out to me was like when Marion's like, guns aren't going to be a part of my boy's life. I was like, yeah, he really seems uninterested. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying so hard. Uh, Yeah. Come and bake a pie, Uh, Joey. uh Uh-huh. I did like, uh, I think maybe this is also why I like Jack Palance's character is like it's one of his lines where he's like Stonewall Jackson was trash himself, him and Lee. Yeah. Um. And I was like, it's not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's speaking of representation and you know the West being a fantasy, where are the black people? Yeah. In westerns. Yeah. You know, you really have to think about that. It's like, okay, like. Hundreds of thousands of like African Americans were brought to America, and they're not in any of the westerns. Yeah, and all of these people would have had slaves around, yeah. like you know. Yeah, like that because they're just creating an existence that is not real. Yeah, I mean, the off the top of my head, the man who shot Liberty Valance, John Wayne, has a helper. Who's African American? Yeah, um, pretty much implied that like he like, was a slave. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, it's not. But that's. I feel like that's like you said. It's the the fantasy of it. It's yeah. like the Red America's version of of what they want their country to look like. Yeah. Um, or like just trying to make like the. You know the man, the man who just wants you know he just wants his farm and he wants yeah. his wife and he wants to raise his son in a good town and blah yeah. blah blah. But it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, so do all the black people. Yeah. So do exactly. all the Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like in real life back then, the white people were way better off. Yeah. I mean, they still are now, but you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunately but it's just trying to make it look like look how hard they're working to make a good laugh for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not a a genre that really leans in to that culture at all. Apart from um, the the harder they fall, that Netflix film from a couple of years ago. Oh, I need um, to watch that. Yeah, you told me to watch that. So yeah. I would like it. Uh, Jonathan Majors is the lead character, so maybe we've missed the boat on this becoming <laughs> pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is a predominantly black cast set in yeah. the West. And that's, re- and I mean, it's a, it's a real good trip. Yeah. Um, so I'd recommend if you're looking for that representation, go and check out How Do They Fall? Um, because you ain't going to find it. In the classic Western, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that I thought was funny was when, um, what is like the villain character? What's, what's that actor's name? They all pretty <gasps> looked indistinguishable from the other, <laughs> unfortunately. Riker, whatever Riker. The, the actor's name who plays Riker. 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 Was it Rufus Riker? Is it? Well, there was yeah, Rufus two, Riker. There was two yeah. Rikers. Oh, oh, okay. 
I think, because they were brothers, maybe. Because um, oh, Rufus right. Riker was in Paths of Glory. Oh, okay. Um, which I did not recognize him. No. But yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Rufus Rufus Riker, played by Emil Mayer. Um, yeah, when the part where he's like explaining himself um, and about how he like made this, I made this land and yeah. we fought off the native, you know, the Indians. Yeah. And Joe is like, you know, there were people here before. And he does say some good things about like the Native Americans, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Riker is like, they weren't ranchers. And I'm like, what does that have to do? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what? I think yeah, I think that's just. Sh- I mean, I'm hoping that it's showing you know how baseless his argument is, and he's just got yeah. prejudice against them for for who they are, as opposed to yeah. what, what they've done. You know, um, I don't know. And then uh, the last thing I'll say is the that scene that you're talking. We talked about earlier where um, Joe is like talking to Marion, and he's like. Uh, you know, you'll be okay. Like he's plan- his plan yeah. is to go and kill, try to kill all the people, but he knows he's gonna get killed. Yeah. So he's like, "You're gonna be okay. You'll be fine." Um, but he's like, his argument is like, he- I couldn't go on living thinking I showed yellow. Um, <laughs> basically saying that like you know, he he has to face them or else you know he can't go on living being a coward. Yeah. Um. And it's just like this backwoods mental thinking. Yeah. I, I feel that... like I might have an explanation for that. Okay. So with Stevens going to war, wasn't I feel like the mentality of young men at that time was I need to like defend my country. I need to show that I'm not a coward. Yeah. And go to war. Even though they well, know yeah, that they for might sure. die, and I think that's his, sure. I think that's the the parallel there is that he's going into this thing knowing he's got he's going to die, but society has placed these. That's the value. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's not just yeah. It's he's, it's obviously he's been like brainwashed into thinking that like killing himself has value. Yeah, it would protect their honor to die. Yeah, that, you know. Yeah. And it might also have something to do with Stonewall, you know, defending, well, trying to defend himself when he got shot and, you know, that whole thing. But yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, it's, um, in terms of reasoning, it's not airtight. Yeah. I mean, she's like, I don't care. Let's move. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't do it. Like, don't do it. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. That's what they want. Well, one last question. Yes. Have you ever been in a fight? I wouldn't say like a Not proper a real fight. fight. Yeah. You know, a few fisticuffs and, you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. I've never yeah. been in a fight. Do you think that you would come out of it laughing? Like Shane and Joe do when they're in the bar, because they take a couple mm. of like punches to the face, and then they're like, <laughs> "This is great fun." Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would, it would like it would be do or die for me. Yeah, you know, just like 
I don't know. Yeah. I think I would, uh, I, 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 it would take a lot for me to get in a fight. Yeah. I think so. I think, you know, yeah. to actually be like swinging. And if I was, if I was that angry, then it would, it would also take a lot for me to like come out of it laughing. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one time, uh, though, when I was a kid, I, uh, I was like at a baseball game and I think my older brother was like playing baseball. And so me and my younger sisters were like playing on this like playground uh, in like this little park area. And this kid was like picking on my sister. And I like, like was trying to defend her. I can't remember what I did, but like I, I got the kid's attention on me. Mm. And then he like held his fists up and I just like grabbed his wrists and then he was like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he like, he couldn't punch me cause I was yeah. like holding his arms. And then, uh, that frustrated him. <laughs> and then I let go and he was like, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like holding his fists up again. And then, uh, and then my, I heard, I hear my dad, he's like, Brandon. And I like look over and he's like running down the hill to like break up the fight. But he didn't see the part where I was like holding this kid's wrists. <laughs> he just thought you're gonna get punched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well you I mean you're like um Shane or Joe, you're defending a woman's honor. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. None of the now near give me fights a quarter of a pie, reached. please. <laughs> none of the near fights i've got into i think have been as anything as honorable as that it's just you know being out when i was younger having a bit too much to drink and maybe stumbling into someone or yeah, yeah then like, doing it watch it yeah oh dear well a couple of lads on holiday that's right yeah <laughs> talking of which i watched the in between us um yeah i mean anything else that you want to say about shine Shut the f*** up, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Shane. Goodbye. <laughs> what will I tell Mama, Shane? I just Shane? love Shane. I just love me some Shane. <laughs> oh, dear. Shane. <laughs> um, let's guess. I, we really should have set like a timer to see if we had said the name Shane 90 times. <laughs> just to... True. Shane, Shane, Shane. Ding, ding. Um, <laughs> Shine, shine. <laughs> Let's guess <laughs> what each of us rated Shane the shaniest chain of all the Shanes. What a Shane. <laughs> this is the part of the show where Brandon and I guess um, what the other person rated the film on Letterboxd. Um, I think you gave this two and a half. All right. I think you gave it three and a half. So, yeah. So, originally, I'd given this three. Okay. Um, and you bumped it up half a star? I bumped it up a four star. Wow! I know. I bumped it up to four stars. Four Shanes. Four Shanes <laughs> out of a possible five Shanes. <laughs> I gave it three Shanes. Wow. Wow. Three Shanes out of five Shanes. Yeah. 
So that's so seven chains out of out ten chains. <laughs> that's a good amount of chains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not um, as many as Joey. No, Joey would give this a six <laughs> out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a film that definitely will grow on me the more I watch it. I think the more you watch Shane, the more Shane watches you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Through yeah. a window in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, Brandon, what Shane are we watching next week? <laughs> We're switching it up a little bit. Um, we're going to watch a movie from this year. Uh, we're going to watch <laughs> The Evil Dead. Actually, it's just Evil Dead Rise. Nice. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, yeah. As a member of the Evil, the Evil Dead, Dead trilogy. Movies, yes. Yes. And... Not only is it a new Evil Dead movie, but it's produced by Sam Raimi yeah. and Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So. Stamp you know, of Honor. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so get ready for that next week. Awesome. Cool. Can't it's going to be wait. groovy. <laughs> well, we've said Shane a lot this week. Let's see how many times we say groovy next week. <laughs> it'll be a lot. Um that brings us to the end of the Shane. Um, you can find the Shane on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio, and you can follow us individually on Letterboxd. And Brandon is at Selman Scope, and I am at Walker Lewis three zero zero seven to keep up with what we've been watching in real time. We also have all of our back Shane streaming on all good podcast platforms. Um, please leave us a rating and review so we know if you like the film. If you didn't, and what you would pick for us to watch in the future. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope to see you next Sunday for more Film Church. The only thing left to say, Brandon, is... Could you whip him, Brandon? Could you whip Shane? Don't you ask nothing but questions. But could you? Oh, maybe. There's no call for that, Lewis. Shane's on our side. Oh, Shane. And on that note... A shame. Ah, shame. <laughs> <laughs>